The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with the proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Summers and I am the host of this lovely show. My throat fully healed. I am fully out of my sickness from the last episode. Joining with me as always is my good buddy, my good friend, Floyd Johnson Jr. My man, how you doing? I am doing well. I am Sitting through what I find has been a surprisingly good episode of Raw, and I honestly think the last, the second week in a row where it has been uh, average to good, and if I can live in that area for three hours, I'm I'm down with that. Hell yeah, dude. I mean, that fucking spot from Ricochet, like, holy <laughs> shit. I, I saw that tweet, and I was just like... Okay, yeah, I, I need to save that video because that that shit's insane. Yeah, I think uh, I think um, a Ricochet might be in store for a push. I will say this: he is in the Money so. Bank. If he wins Money in the Bank, it somehow cashes it in. WWE will buy themselves one year of me not saying shit about them because that's how sure I'm not that I am that it's not gonna happen. <laughs> But if Ricochet wins money in the bank, cashes it in, and wins it, yeah, full year. I won't say one bad thing about WWE. I won't even reference a bad thing. That's more than most fans would give a give up. I th- I figured most fans would be like one month. That's all you get. No, <laughs> back on top nope. of shit. If you Ricochet wins money in the bank somehow and then wins the title with this, I will be like, yep. No, no shit on WWE for a year. I and honestly, it, it serves two purposes. First of all, if something, if that happens, that would be so fucking dope that I'd be happy to not talk shit about WWE for a while. Absolutely. And second of all, I am a hundred and ten percent sure it's not happening. Yeah, I'm like, I know it's not gonna happen, but if it does happen, hell yeah, because Ricochet is one of those people that he has pretty much WWE fied himself as much as anyone. He, you know, he's got the different look, he's pretty decent on the mic to say, 
He, you know, and he's still an amazing wrestler. He has done pretty much, seems like, checked all the boxes that WWE wanted him to check. And it's like, oh, well, you're still not where you want to be. So I'm just like, if they actually reward this guy, then I consider one of the most talented wrestlers in the world. Uh, you know, I'm I fully would give up my ability to talk shit on the WWE for a year. Absolutely. I will. I would join you on that if that was the case. But regardless uh, of Monday Night Raw, this is an AEW podcast. We got a lot to talk about. We were off last week. Uh, we just couldn't get really times together to make an episode. I, uh, and we it, wanted to record more closer to when we would normally record, like on Sunday or Monday, since AEW will be returning to Wednesday nights this week that you are getting this episode. So we're... Going to try to get back onto our normal schedule now that AEW is returning to Wednesday nights for Dynamite. But we got a lot to talk about this week's episode of Dynamite. I think I'll only really mention a couple things from the previous, from the week before of Dynamite, just because I think there may be like maybe one or two things we could comment on that since we haven't talked about it. But regardless, we're mainly going to be focusing on uh, the last Dynamite that occurred uh, before this week's, which will be on Wednesday. But before. We get into this episode. I want to make sure real quick you guys are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify or any other podcasting platform, just feel free to give us a share around to your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. It really means the world to us if you do that. You can leave a rating and a review. Let us know how we're doing. Those constructive criticisms really help. And if you're so inclined, you can also leave a donation through our podcast provider, Red Circle. That would be unbelievably generous of you if you would do that. Easiest way to support us, though, is following us on social media. We are on Twitter at ATElitePod and our podcasting partner, Social Suplex, at Social Suplex. They are our parent podcasting network that we work under. That is their Twitter. Be sure to follow them and check out all their other shows they have under their network. I myself am at szoomer4 on Twitter and Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. Now, we'll get into the big news of the week, which is that this Wednesday's Dynamite will be the last one at Daly's Place in Jacksonville for at least a little bit. We've grown accustomed to the Daly's Place during the pandemic, and of course there was that small stint where they were out in that I want I don't believe it was Cody's gym. It was some sort of off location they had. Yeah, they yeah had it was uh, it was Cody's gym in Georgia. It was uh That's what I thought. The Nightmare Factory. The Nightmare Factory is where they had some shows and then they eventually moved back to Daly's place. So we've been coming accustomed to Daly's place being where we tune in to see Dynamite every single week, but we're gonna get shows back on the road again, and it's honestly so exciting because I mean the crowds in Daly's place recently have been great, and just having live wrestling crowds has made the product for for pro wrestling in general so great. Because when WWE has crowds, it makes the show better. When AEW has crowds, it makes the shows better. Having fans in attendance help bring the energy to those events, like. We talked about it. With, I mean, we've all seen it with WrestleMania. We've seen it with the AEW shows that have been going on. Like, we miss going to these shows and we miss having fans in the stands cheering the wrestlers on because it makes the show so much more memorable. So, yeah, I mean, we'll, they'll definitely return to the Daily's Place uh, at a certain point, I'm sure. Like, it's just their home at this point. But we're going to get shows back on the road. 
I'm crazy excited that this is happening. So, um, Jacksonville's been a great city uh, for me. I've been five times in the last year I, I to a city I'd never been to. So, starting in the, what, September, I've been five times. So, I uh, definitely appreciate the city of Jacksonville, my Jacksonville people, uh, Ryan and Annie and uh, uh, quite a few other people. For, sorry if I forget your name. I, free, I think I've been to a show with a di- all five shows I went to. I think I went with a different person each time. So shout out to everybody who made the trip to Jacksonville with me. I am. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It was like. Uh, I remember Impact did it for years. Everything was at the uh, fairgrounds, and I went to like three or four of those shows, and it was just, you always knew where you had to go. You knew where you were staying. You knew it's something comforting comforting about that. But unfortunately, you do wear out the crowd, you know. Uh, you know, you have your harder hardcores that are there every week, and then you have the casual people that roll in. It's just hard to fill that uh, arena that size every week with the same people, the same people having to come out of money and all that stuff. But shout out to Jacksonville. Y'all held it down for a long time, uh, doing a good growth period for AEW. So I'm looking forward to them being on the road. I will be at the 21st, July 21st show which is Fighter Fest Night 2. It's in Garland or Dallas area. I'll be at that show. So I am looking forward to them getting back on the road. Miami's going to be hot. We caught up, got caught up a couple of hot matches. But before we go into the review of Dynamite, I did want to say this. I don't know. Uh, you are my friend on uh, Facebook, Austin. Uh, I had my 40th birthday party. My 40th birthday was like two and a half weeks ago. But my 40th birthday party was this week. And did you see my rousing performance, the worst performance ever of Real American? I absolutely did. And um, I am a I'm a frequent karaoke goer. Um, I go a lot. Um, it's 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 a lot of fun. And um, Floyd, man, like this man came in with the confidence of a man that's like, I'm going to blast this and I don't care what anybody says. Like the confidence I feel like on you, on you, at least like, just like, just, I'm, I'm going all the way. Like, I'm not like going half measured on this. I'm not half assing this. You went full ass on trying yes. to, on singing real American. So I know I can't sing. I, I want to be open about this. Uh, unfortunately I had this moment when I was young, when I was told I couldn't sing and I came home with a little recorder and I sang a little bit and I played it back and I know I can't sing. I know it's not good, but uh, my friends, my friend Jerry who DJ my party asked me if I uh, wanted karaoke. So I asked everybody, did they want karaoke? And he's like, they were like, yeah, bring karaoke. So he brings it and no one wants to do karaoke. So he's like, Floyd, you had me bring karaoke. You had me bring this equipment. So you got to do something. And I was like, you got real American? Because I wanted something that you really aren't expected to sound good on. Like if that was a room full of wrestling fans, everybody would have been singing it. So you wouldn't even known what I sounded like because everybody would have been singing along. Sure. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. You pick, a song, you pick a song that everyone knows. Everyone's going to be belting it. So that way it like it like dampers your voice so that way people aren't going to be like oh man this guy fucking sucks they're already singing with you yeah there was only like 
10 wrestling fans in the room. So, <laughs> it was a, but they were like, no, but I had my energy and I even said it. I can't bring a good voice to this, but I can bring my energy to it. <laughs> and that's what I did. Now, it was, it was fun. It was fun. It was only the second time I've ever karaoke in my life. Did a song in my life. The last one, I didn't even make it all the way through because I got caught off the beat, and I was just like, I'm done. This one, I made it all the way through the song with the help of my friend Caleb. It was fun. Uh, I know my family doesn't listen to this podcast, but they were amazing. They have my face on chips, on bags of chips. <laughs> they had a poster board with all my favorite wrestling pictures. They had a life cut cutout of The Rock. Um, I mean... Literally, yeah, my sister's a party planner by profession, and she fucking killed it, is all I can say. But, yeah, uh, I'm going to try. I got to get the video from someone else, the Real American, so I can share it on all things Elite Twitter. I know it's not uh, a a wrestling song, but I thought, to me personally, because I don't have that kind of ego, I can laugh at myself, and as I told my friends... I'm too old to get embarrassed. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'll let everybody hear it. But, yeah, one of the best times of my life. I just thought that was so fun. I love to sing, even though I don't do it. I wish I, party went well. I wish I had pipes like my boy Austin here, who, you know, who can sing and make <laughs> sing, sing and make women faint and underwears get thrown on the stage. I wish I was Austin. I am not Austin. I am, I am loud. You are putting me over way too much. <laughs> I am loud. Oh, so one of us has like over 20,000 views on YouTube, and it's not Floyd. You know what I mean? I'm just saying. I appreciate that. You're putting yeah, me over too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good. It's all I, good. You know, to my talented friend over here. But no, it was it was fun as hell. And honestly, if I ever get a chance to karaoke again, I'll do it again. You know, because yeah. it, just because it's like I said, it's just fun. I'm gonna do Judas next time. <laughs> you know for a fact that if they if they do the Jericho cruise, that's happening again, and you're, oh, you're gonna yeah. do it. Oh yeah, and like I said, it would be like it would be like Judas, because like I said, I know everybody on that cruise will just be waiting oh, yeah. to hear Judas, and yeah, you know, and I can just yell it. No, but uh, that was fun. I, I know we're going to jump into the show now, but I, it was just, like I said, it was very memorable Saturday night. It was so memorable, right? So I had to work the next morning at 7. I didn't sleep. I couldn't. I was so amped up from that night. My body would not calm down. I, like, took allergy medicine and everything. My body, like, just burned right through it. I was nope. so, so amped from that night. It was such a good night. So, yeah, uh, it, was, it, was, it was very fun. So, yeah. That's how you know it's a good party for sure. <laughs> yeah. But we're going to get into uh, Dynamite for this week. But first, I want to just mention a couple quick highlights from Friday Night Dynamite the previous week since we didn't get a chance to talk about it. And there's only a few things I really want to pick Floyd's brain on because I think they they have some worthy things to talk about. Uh, first thing I will say, uh, Floyd, uh, we can we can cover I think relatively quickly. Uh, we saw the debut of Brock Anderson as he teamed with Cody Rhodes uh, to face off against QT Marshall and Aaron Solo of the Factory. Uh, that was two weeks ago, and I just want to pick Floyd's brain on that because I mean it was it's the debut of the son of Arn Anderson, his first wrestling match in AEW. And I just want to know, Floyd, like thoughts, thoughts on that performance and like just that match in general. I was amazingly happy with this performance 
Did he look like there was a guy that was his first match? Absolutely, he did. I mean, he has he's ways to go, but the dude is young. Uh, you see the movement, you see the footwork. It seems like a couple times he might have got lost in the, uh, what was going on. Just, you know, just as me trying to be something I'm not, and that's impartial sometimes. But everything in me, I was just geeking out. I was just like everything in me because he just looks like the spitting image of his father. I mean, as far as the physique, you know, he got a way to go. I mean, like, but to see, like, it felt like I was watching Arn Anderson in like 1978 when he was ta- making taking his first bumps under his uh, Marty Lund under his real name. It just, you know, he he, you got that chance to room and grow. Unfortunately for him. He looks like his dad, <laughs> his name, his dad. So people are going to expect too much, probably too soon from him. So he was in a tag match that night. He was in a six-man uh, six tag on Dark Elevation. Uh, it's, I think he's a work in progress, and I'm looking forward to that progress. Sure. I, I look at it the same way as like when Dominic Mysterio wrestled his first match. It's like we're, we're seeing the beginning parts of like uh, – of a son of a very popular wrestler that a lot of us grew up watching. And like, like, of course a lot's going to be expected of them because of where they came from and who, who's in their family. But I think like Dominic has significantly improved since we first saw him appear, uh, and wrestle on, on raw. And I think the same will be of Brock Anderson too. Like there are, there, there are glimpses there. I think where you're like, like you said, like you feel like you're watching, old school Arn Anderson and like when we get when we get to that point where like he puts everything together I think it's gonna be just magical to watch truly and I, I had a thought man hey I, I know it's weird and people say it's too many titles but if you feel me when I say this an aew dark title only defended on dark and dark elevation it's not never on dynamite never at a pay-per-view only on those YouTube shows. I can see it. Honestly, they only have four titles right now. I think a fifth wouldn't really be pushing. And if you don't push it as a major title, it's just the title for Dark. And you know, somebody like something like Lee Johnson and Brock. I wouldn't say Brock. I still think he a ways away from the people that are mostly featured on Dark to have something to go for or go forward to. And it'll give people that normally wouldn't watch the show something to watch. Sure, but and then I th- but I think the big thing would be just um, if they bring that championship to Dynamite or to eventually Rampage, like how would that title be treated or like showcased on the the main shows as compared to Dark, where if on Dark it's treated as like your prize that you're going for on that show, if the guy from if the champion of Dark and Dark Elevation come onto the main shows and just lose to the to the established guys. It's gonna be like I think it's it, it's it's a tricky road because it's specific to one show, but I think it it's got it's got merits. I don't know exactly just like how well they could pull it off necessarily. Yeah, I, yeah, like I said, I don't know the intricacies. This is just a fan spitting out fan shit because I watch Dark and Dark Elevation like every week, and I don't talk about it because it's just like seriously, when you see the match, you know the winner, like. Every week, 
Yeah, it was, it's like, you, you, get, you get a little bit more stars appearing on elevation and stuff like that, but the, relatively you still know the outcomes and they're still like the lengths of normal shows and there's so many matches announced for the shows that like it's just too much. Yes, uh, that's a, yeah, that's what I was just saying. It's just like I watch it and you know and you're trying to focus on it, but it's kind of in the background for me because like I said, there's very little shocking happens on the show and i know you your money is dynamite your money is going to be rampage so if you have a belt that's just like just you you could even call it the aew youtube tie champion or something to get like a sponsorship behind it or whatever but it just needs to i feel like the young people need something to fight for yeah and i think we might maybe we'll see that maybe they'll try to see because like we may get more titles announced with rampage being announced of course so we'll yeah. see exactly like if they like do a cruiserweight title or something like that or a tv title or whatnot uh, the six-man title's coming and i'm very excited about that also i'm just going to throw this out there for it they, they don't advertise but you go to shop AEW. i believe there's like four days left to order the uh replica of the AEW world title they're going to stop taking pre-orders after that the week is up, so you want to check that out. I personally am not going with it on this round as in because I have like I think I think I have dynamite all out uh and and trying to get ready for full gear and I got the cruise. It's just for me personally, it's just not it's not a good time to buy it. But, yeah, if it's something you're interested in, it looks like it's a very high-quality belt. To best to best uh, put it up against a WWE version, it's going to be like their deluxe replicas that are a little bit more than the $299. That's what this is going to be on the level of. Yes, and I, I unfortunately will not be getting it either. I'm spending way too... I'm spending a lot of money on concert tickets. I just recently actually got... Uh, Elton John tickets today, uh, which I'm unbelievably excited. He's doing his farewell tour, uh, and I plan on getting Ed Sheeran tickets when they go on sale since he's back, uh, and I will be blowing the bank out for that because that's my boy, and I'm fucking ecstatic to see him. So is so El- I, will, I will have to wait. Is Elton coming to Detroit? Yeah, he's going to be performing at Comerica Park. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah, I'm we'll glad be- you... Glad we'll be you. up in the in the fucking nosebleeds, but it'll be fine. That's awesome, Rocket Man. Uh, yes. Yeah, I'm You're not, not a, as up here alone. I'm not as big a concert goer as you, but I am happy that you definitely get to go to it. Oh, like, yeah. like, yeah, I'm gonna be my first. Yeah, uh, the Dynamite on the twenty. Well, actually, I'll go to Money in the Bank a few days before the Dynamite, but. Um, yeah, I'm getting. I'm also getting all out tickets too, so I just I can't. I yeah, can't. like everybody, every, like everybody's doing a show. Like everybody's doing a show. Oh yeah, no, yeah. Like, it's gonna be a fucking influx of like everybody touring, like for wrestling and for music. It's like it's gonna be insane. Like my schedule, I've got like three or four shows in September between September and October. It's fucking insane. Yeah, so it's like that's why personally, that's why I'm not doing it. I'm like, if they do another pre-order around Christmas, I will definitely be able to do it then because it's just, you know, logically it will make more sense. But yeah, it's just they're there's they're I mean, AEW personally is throwing a lot at you. And I don't know they don't expect uh 
Everybody told kid everything. Oh yeah, they're going for the major, major collectors that they know would would yeah. still shell out that yeah. much money. Yeah, I, I, you know, yeah. So they're not expecting everybody to get everything, but they are really all up in my wallet right now, Mister uh, <laughs> Mister Mister Khan. I might as well uh, go ahead and get direct deposit to them because yes. they they're living in my wallet right now. Yes. Now, last thing I want to mention, though, on the on the previous week's Dynamite before we get into this week's, uh, I will say uh, site offhand, the handicap match with Darby and Men of the Year was great. But I need to focus on the the MMA cage match that happened with Wardlow of the Pinnacle and Inner Circles Jake Hager, um, because I think the response to it was mixed. And I'll give my thoughts on it real quick before I throw it to Floyd, since I mean, I'm I'm a big sports guy. I do like MMA. I'm not into it as much as pro wrestling, but I have watched multiple UFC shows. I've watched Bellator matches and stuff like that, so I am familiar with the sport. But I think, at least in the confines of pro wrestling, this was as respectful to the sport as you could have possibly been without it being a shoot. It's it's it was un like. We'll throw the f word out there. It was unbelievably fake. We knew it was fake, and I. I, I knew in my heart of hearts they weren't going to make this a shoot fight where these guys fucking slugged each other and were, like, throwing real shots and all that kind of stuff. We Like, the presentation was there. Uh, like, treating, like, Justin Roberts as, like, our Bruce Buffer was a nice little nod. I thought the presentation-wise, like, they did show it well and treated it with severity and stuff like that. But, of course, like it's still wrestling and we're not going to get a cage match where these guys, like, like I said, throw potatoes at each other and like fucking do all these heavy shots and just treat it like a shoot. So I, I, I liked how it was presented, but I don't think we should do this again because again, it's, it's, you can only do so much in the confines of pro wrestling without it being like actual fighting. It's just, it's, and I, think it fits well for jake hager's character but while i thought this was like i figured this was okay i was like i just didn't know what to expect with this um i think this was done as best as they could but i don't think this should be done again though okay um i really enjoyed the match i just thought it was uh done well i thought there was some stuff that they could have done better and i don't mind this like once a year at a random dynamite i don't mind it uh, it made sense because Jake Hager does MMA fights. Like it would make sense if Thunder Rosa challenged Britt Baker to uh, this type of fight because you know Thunder Rosa has been in MMA fights. So it only makes sense with a certain members sure. of the roster. I mean, so it shouldn't be something that people expect or should happen all the time. But I think it was really well done because it was going to be a wrestling match. And if anybody thought it wasn't going to be a wrestling match, I'm sorry that you got worked. But it's a wrestling match. They already knew who was winning. They already knew how the thing was going down. I would have liked to see some stiffer shots. I mean, hey, black eyes and black eyes heal. You know what I mean? So, sure. yeah, you know, I would have liked to see some different shots, but I'm not one. I'm not the one taking the shots. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I couldn't even imagine what it would be like to have somebody the size of Jake Hager punch me in the face with all his might. Sure, and we don't want guys getting injured. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm like. I, yeah, so I couldn't imagine. So they, I think they did the best of what they could, but like you said. It, I think it should be something that happens 
Still happens, but happens rarely, and it has to make sense. Don't force it. Like, Jake Hager was undefeated MMA fighter. This made sense. I don't know who else on the roster this makes sense for. Uh, it, it, like I said, it really comes down to if, if they weren't a former MMA fighter or anything like that, there's real... It's like it's like if they did um, if they did Anthony Agogo facing off against someone in a boxing match. Like... Like that, at least you could work a little bit better because it's just punches. But at the same time, though, it's like, again, it's still wrestling. So they're not going to be trying to take each other's heads off and whatnot. So it's 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 you get what you pay what you pay for, I guess. And you get what you're what you what you tune in for. But yeah, I I, like I enjoyed it. I personally enjoyed it. It had me amped up. A lot of people on my timeline had me amped up. But if you come from an MMA background and trying to watch this, no, you're going to hate it. Oh, sure, sure. Because it wasn't nowhere near MMA. It was not MMA. (laughs) The only thing MMA about it is that it was in a ring. Yeah, that's really it. But regardless, though, that's the little highlights. We'll talk about the previous Dynamite. Everything else, like... I think we 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 can move on from though. This week we'll focus on for this episode of Friday Night Dynamite and Saturday Night Dynamite. Actually, my apologies. Um, first off, show opened up before the beginning match even happened. The start, the opening match, we had Alex Marvez trying to interview Sammy Guevara, but then got jumped by the chairman Sean Spears with a steel chair, knocking him out and uh, doing it on behalf of his. Uh, his pinnacle leader MJF, and uh, we would get more inf- information and story leads into this later into the show. But we can get into the opening match, which is Hangman Adam Page facing off against Team Taz member Powerhouse Hobbs. The challenge was made last week. Hobbs was going to face off against Hangman in singles action, and this match was like strong like really strong and i mean that in every sense of the word strong like these guys were like lifting each other and slamming each other all over the place i especially loved powerhouse hobbs too did incredible work on the near falls like especially towards the the end of the match got super amped and and uh emotional after a two count was was kicked out of by hangman and he like up in the referee's face and just like fucking like losing it i i loved the energy that he gave it made it even more uh like of a moment it made it even more uh satisfying when hangman hit the dead eye on powerhouse hobbs and got the win um of course team taz once again still struggles to consistently put up wins against um against talent but i guess that's because they just keep going after hangman and just hangman's not in that position to where he's gonna lose he's just too he's too over right now but this was really Really good opening match. I, lo- I both of these two I think are great, um, and they just they threw each other around and just like like great power slams and great uh, action between these two. That deadlift German from yes. Hangman on uh, Will Hobbs. I I like made a mental note of it because I just thought that was one of the more impressive feats of strength. When you just talk about like you know. Like strong, like Hangman. When you look at him, he's in good shape, but he doesn't look like somebody that could deadlift German Will Hobbs. Sure. So when he did it, it was just like, oh my god, this dude is jacked. Because I don't care 
how much he's being assisted. Will Hobbs is a good 265, 285, solid muscle. I mean, the dude is just a brick. And the fact that he was able to deadlift him like that and hit the German, I was more than impressed on. So uh, the match was very physical, hard hitting. Kept, uh, I loved how when um, Will Hobbs got distracted, Hangman was going for that, uh, going for the clothesline. And Will Hobbs was like, I know how this goes. And he kind of caught him. So that was very much, it was a playback from the Brian Cage match. Where Brian Cage got distracted, and then he caught the buckshot lariat. Will Hobbs knew when he got distracted, when he turns around, he better be looking for Hangman to come through. And he changed it into a hell of a spine buster. Uh, one of the best spine, spine busters in wrestling today, period. And his spine buster is just amazing. I, I mean, he could definitely use it as a finisher if he wants. But they're getting over the dead eye. Uh, Hangman hit the dead eye. They're getting over the finisher. Uh, that looks like uh, as a secondary finisher. I mean, I know it was his primary finisher before AEW, but he was using the buckshot more of as a primary finisher. So he's looked like he's trying to develop finishers, which looks like that's going to be a push towards an eventual title match. And then I like that little... I Someone online pointed this out after the match, and he wins, and he realizes he's the number one contender. It just kind of, you know... He was happy, and then he wasn't as happy, and it was just like a very little detail, but uh, I did not catch on first viewing, but when someone said it, I was like, oh, let me rewind it and check it out, and it was just like a very quick, like he realized, okay, well, really, I have nowhere else to go but to go for the title, you know, and that's Kenny, who he couldn't beat, and that's the world title, which basically he's had two shots at, a, two shots at and couldn't get it done. So Hangman's going to have that uh, have that massive horse on his shoulder. Because he's not going to have a chip on his shoulder. He has a horse. <laughs> he's the fucking horse. Yeah. Yes. But we then had a little backstage promo with the Young Bucks. Uh, the now nicknamed Extremely Violent People. Those EVPs. Uh, talking about how they were going to beat down Eddie Kingston and the Bastard Pack next week on Dynamite. Uh, wow, they shut up their young boy, uh, Brandon Cutler, multiple times. Though he did get one moment in there where they were like, oh man, I like that. And he was just like, fucking yes, yes. I thought that was funny. Um, so just leading into that. Um, but I want to get into this next segment, though. Uh, we got fucking Conan back on Dynamite after his little appearance at the Stadium Stampede 2 match where he was the DJ when Proud and Powerful and FTR got into that uh, scuffle after they cheers beers and then proceeded to beat the shit out of each other. He got face-to-face with Tully Blanchard. And I I want to get Floyd's take on this too just because like this segment, like while they were building up their respective teams and such, like we th- these were two legends is like just face-to-face spitting words at each other so i think i'm like i want to get floyd's thing because i thought this was dope so let me tell you uh the conan thing like tully was talking and conan was back and it was so funny to me because conan was using shit i've heard him use since the 90s and i was still popping for it (laughs) like like he says we're scarecrows because we're outstanding in our field i've heard him say that in literally every company that he's ever been in and 
it still pops me every time because it's still creative. Even though I've heard him say it, who the fuck would think that? It's like we're outstanding in our field like a scarecrow. I love it. And yeah, he's just Conan, you know, he's a showman. He's a professional. He's a pro's pro. He's a professional wrestler. He's he's a man. You know what I mean? Uh, so I, it was just like, this is great. And he's talking to Tully Blanchard. So it's like, you got your star of the eighties talking to this star of the nineties and a bit of the two thousands and they have their teams. And like he said, he's like, I you work with, you work with FTR, you manage FTR. I am, you know, I am LAX's or Proud and Powerful's father because he really is. It was just like they were looking for new blood in Impact Wrestling, you know, to use. And they, you know, uh, Proud and Powerful, from what I remember, was wrestling up in New York and they were with Amazing Red. They That's who trained them. And, you know, they got brought in and no, I didn't know who they were the first time I saw them and they were amazing. And, it was, and they were with Conan. So it's like it really was. He was the guy that introduced uh, the power and powerful to me. And then Tully and FTRs had this working relationship. I love the fact that the pinnacle on this show were the horsemen. I'm not yeah, saying they were, just, they were in multiple segments just beating people up. They didn't look like the horsemen. They were the horsemen from Sean Spears, basically the enforcer of their group, taking out Sammy Guevara with the chair before every, you know, hitting him in the left arm because MJF likes to work the left arm. And then in this, you know, you know, they take out uh, proud and powerful in the back and then FTR you know, drops Conan and just hits him with a pile driver. Apparently he has a hernia and my wife could see it sticking out. That's hilarious. Like Conan is a dude that's literally had a kidney replaced, you know, does not bump, does not work like that, but he's taking a spike pile driver to sell it, to build up this feud. Like I can honestly say there hasn't been a tag team a tag team feud. I, I mean, honestly, you got to think best friends and proud and powerful. But now it's like they're building this FTR and PNP match like it's a world championship match. Absolutely. I mean, these two teams are just so established and so good, each of them. I mean, like FTR, like they attacked Conan this week. And then the previous week they attacked fucking Dean Malenko. Like they're just getting all this heat and just eating it up as proud and powerful are just like just stewing waiting for that chance that they can get back at them and like for just continue this feud with the pinnacle and the inner circle and i especially loved how um conan called his boys out called out proud and powerful and they come out fully masked up and everyone's kind of like hmm and then they're like tully's like oh man you should probably take a look at the screen and the actual proud and powerful was beaten up already and they were they were knocked out in the backstage area, and then the masks come off, and it's it's FTR. It's it was great ruse though, really well done. And yeah, and it was just it was old school horsemen. I mean, the whole thing they basically double teamed the old man. It was just like, <laughs> yes, they are despicable. They are what a heel faction should be. The thing with the inner circle, and you know, I'm only comparing them because they're inside AEW. When inner circle was the heel tag team, right? They were still kind of likable. 
Chris Jericho was still very entertaining on the mic. You know, he had Floyd. He still got the gimmicks. He still got it over. People loved, like, Proud and Powerful. Uh, this team, this Pinnacle, are just a bunch of a bunch of kind of ruthless, unlikable people. Absolutely. And it, 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 they make a better heel faction to me than the Inner Circle. Even though the Inner Circle was great, they are better at being a heel faction. Yeah, and I think it's just because like these guys like just they're they're popular, but at the same time though, I think there's there's a difference because I think Jericho's just been fully established and fans still love and respect him so much. Whereas like MJF, he has built his career on just being despicable all the time. And even though FTR is great, they're like I said, like Floyd said, old school tag team heel tag team, and just so easy to hate. Sean Spears. Great at getting heel work too. I mean, his heel work that he did when he was when he first became the chairman and fucking knocked out Cody. That was great. Um, and Wardlow's part of MJF, so like it's it it, it just works so much better as a heel faction, a hundred percent. You know what? And it's one of those weird things where uh, like personal people's personal opinions of certain wrestlers work for them being a heel. People legit don't like Sean Spears. <laughs> like, if you are online and streaming, like, you shouldn't have your spot. You know, like, you, you shouldn't have your spot, blah, blah, blah. He catches shit every day. And so him being a heel and the kind of heel that, you know what, I'm going to loosen up Sammy Guevara for MJF and people hate him legitimately. Oh, that's that thing called heat. That real, real good heat right there. And I love it. I love it. Uh, so, yeah, I think it works for Sean Spears. People actually not liking him. Totally. Yeah, so so they can keep going forward with that as far as they want. FTR, you know, they're, again, you know, living the gimmick. They're not likable online. <laughs> they will reply to your tweets and go in your pictures and, you know, kind of diss you. Or, or, or they don't care and it's just like their whole persona whether it's inside or outside of wrestling is kind of screw you we're good at this so it works to get them booed sure I mean he's literally been calling himself the perfect 10 so I mean yeah there, yeah. there you go he's be- he's like fuck you I'm good at this and like you're mad because he is but you're still gonna be like you're a bitch you don't deserve what you got yeah absolutely yeah we then had uh Top Flight's Dante Martin versus Matt Seidel of the Seidel Brothers. Um, before the match started, though, after Dante Martin comes out, uh, Vicky Guerrero comes out, excuse me everybody, introduces Andrade El Idolo, says he, she has a huge announcement to make, but then the Seidel's music hits, and Matt just mean mugs Andrade. And he kind of just like, he's like, all right. Like, you, you, like, in his head, he's like, oh, he fucked up. He walks to the back. We don't see Andrade. Um, and then we get the match between Matt and Dante. And these two gave us great high-flying singles action. I, like, I kept saying uh, with, Don, with with Top Flight, because we know that uh, the other member of, uh, of Top Flight, I, sorry, I'm sorry, I forget his name at, off the top of my head. Dante and, uh, what's it? It's another DNA. Damn it. It's another... 
Yeah, I know. It's it's off. It's it was on my head, and then I lost it. And I don't mean any disrespect. I just I truly it slipped my mind. But the other member of Top Flight is currently dealing with an injury, so we haven't gotten to see much of Top Flight in tag team action. But we have seen Dante a couple times on Dark, and in fact, Matt and Dante had a match on Dark uh, a while back, and um, Matt Seidel was able to get the victory. Uh, this was technically like their rematch that they had that was on Dynamite on a bigger stage. The uh, Dante. Impressed the hell out of me in this match, honestly. Like I, I loved the the springboard. Not even like springboard off the ropes. He just like leapfrogged over Matt Seidel like he was doing like a tope suicida. Proceeds to roll him up in a great like sit out rollout. Oh, so, pre- it is called a sunset flip, sir. And yes, it was so like sun- so like, beautiful because it was, was so beautiful. Like I didn't even like picture it as a sunset flip or anything like that. Like it's just. <laughs> It's what it was, but it was just like I completely didn't even have a name for it because it just looked so good. And his fucking front flip into a stunner was incredible. I love that spot. Um, he did really well this match, honestly. And, of course, nothing nothing bad about Matt Seidel, of course, veteran in this business. He did great in this match as, as he does. Um, he ended up getting the victory again, putting it like between these two guys. It's, it's 2-0 to Matt. So big statement on his part for getting this win. This was high flying action. Got great response from the crowd. Uh, always like it when we get two fast, agile singles wrestlers that can just go at it and just put on great spots and do. Um, they like continue to do great psychology too with um, with Dante's leg leg that uh, Matt focused on the match too. So it wasn't just flippy shit. He did do a lot of good strategic uh, spots to work on the leg of. Of Dante, and that would um, be a factor in him getting the win. Though this match was really, really strong, and I, I really was impressed by Dante in this. Well, Darius is his brother's name. I had to, Darius. Yeah, thank I, you. Sorry, Dante sorry, and Darius. Sorry about that. Yeah, so I definitely had to Google that because you know we're professionals, so we got to know these types of things. <laughs> He's uh, been so, gone for a while. I apologize. So they got they somebody caught a beautiful picture video of Dante doing the sunset flip. While the sun was setting yes, in Jacksonville, going around that was, yeah. was like serendipitous. <laughs> they was like, he's the first wrestler to do a sunset flip while you know while a sun was setting or something like that. I was just like, that was pretty. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, shout out to you know all the fans there that be, that, that caught that kind of stuff. This is a very athletic match, and they did everything in this match to make you believe that he was winning. That Dante was winning. So uh, he didn't, of course. And Matt Seidel, the crafty veteran, gets the win. And I believe, you know, and I truly believe this is like Seidel's like, spot. He's going to be the first person to wrestle Andrade El Idolo. And it's just like that's kind of his spot in the company. You know what I mean? You need somebody to, you know, work with and they're going to have a good match. You're going to need them to shine. You put them in a match with match Seidel. And I have no problem with that, of course, being his spot, but I'm really looking forward to that match because, you know, Andrade has worked in the WWE, but he did work Lucha Libre before that. So you have somebody that is equally knowledgeable in all styles to put on a great match. But I don't want to take away from the fact that Seidel and uh, Dante uh, put on a very good match. I do. I, I definitely want that to be noticed, but I am looking forward to the Andrade match with Matt Seidel. And it's like, it might be something that's happening this week and they just haven't announced it yet. Cause they, they do like to throw like a match or two out there on Tuesday or Wednesday. 
Yes. Um, after this was a small backstage moment where Christian Cage uh, catches up with Jungle Boy, really talking about um, how important this night was for Jungle Boy. And Jungle Boy himself said it felt like the biggest night of his entire life. Christian really says, like, you already shocked the world once. You can do it again. You can take that AEW title from Kenny Omega. Nice little segment to get. Uh, I like get- that because basically Christian cut the promo for him. He really did, yeah. Like Jungle yeah. Boy had like one line and then said thanks at the end. Yeah, and then Chris- Christian yeah. did cut the promo for him, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, and it's something a veteran, you know, something a veteran can do. Somebody like Christian, a five five tool player, if you've ever seen one in wrestling, he's really exceptional at everything he does. He can come in there and it's like, okay, I'm going to come in, break it, you know, get in this, and they're like, okay, you know. We got to make him look good. And he's like, I got this. And, you know, and he did it. And it worked. And, you know, one day Jungle Boy will be doing that promo himself. And he's going to knock it out the park when he does it. But for now, hey, you know, get the veteran in there. Let him assist. If you got, if you got a veteran like Christian Cage to be able to hype you up, you're going to use him. Absolutely. Like absolutely. Christian Cage I, is one of those people I admire so much in wrestling because he's not bad at anything. He's not. He's not. Uh, he has no that's, real that's, I weaknesses. Think, I think that's why he's always been one of my one of my like low key favorites because he's just like I can't think of many things wrong with him. In fact, like I off the top of my head, nothing. Yeah, really. and, and he's he everything. And everything is so effortless. It almost comes off like he's not working hard because he makes everything look so smooth and so good. And his promos and his charisma seems effortless. You know, so much that you're like. Are you even trying? Because he's just that naturally good. But yeah, what he did for Jungle Boy here, I was, you know, it had got me excited for the match. Uh, I, of course, unfortunately did not get to watch live. Well, fortunately, because I was uh, at a show, I mean, at a party, but it was still just like, okay, now I'm ready to see these two fight. Yeah, that it was really great work by Christian, and yeah, it kept the hype for this match going. Uh, we then had a backstage interview with MJF, Sean Spears, and Wardlow of the Pinnacle. MJF focusing really on people uh, who are mad at him for attacking Dean Malenko. He's like, y'all should be thanking me. I gave him an early retirement. This man has Parkinson's. Like, you should be thanking me. Like, you're welcome, pal. Like, I helped you fucking have an early retirement. Uh, before he could even get in on Sammy Guevara, Chris Jericho and Jake Hager come outnumbered and then just like go out to attack those three members of the pinnacle because Proud and Powerful was already knocked out by FTR and then Sammy was knocked out early in the show. So they were going into this completely outnumbered, but they didn't care. They kept trying to go after, brawled out towards the ring. At one point it looked like uh, the chairman was going to use the chair with MJF to continue to do damage on that left arm of Chris Jericho. That's when Sammy's music hit, though, and he flew out, took the chair, and proceeded to do damage to Wardlow, to to MJF and Sean Spears. And he runs up, they all run off, and MJF is told by Sammy, you say you're better than me, and you know it, but I'm going to show you on, on Wednesday that I'm the best, and you know it. And Sammy got a great response. It's great to see him really get this push for this single fe- singles feud against MJF. Uh, and I'm excited for Wednesday's match for sure. Yeah, I, I heard, you know, I've seen people say Sammy has to win this match. And I was like, 
Nah, I mean, for me personally, it's like, <laughs> this is heat for MJF. And that's the great thing about AEW. I literally have no idea who's going to win. And when they, did, when they do decide the winner, I am actually like, I'm okay with it either way. So I'm looking forward to this match. Uh, MJF is surprisingly and shockingly athletic. So it's going to be a really good match. I remember his matches with Jungle Boy that were kind of amazing. So I'm really looking forward to Sammy G and MJF. In, they're in the main event on the last Wednesday in Jacksonville. And it's like this big spotlight on them because like it's this big uh, spotlight on them because, you know, they are pretty much homegrown talents in AEW. So are they going to be able to carry the spot? Is the rating going to hold up with them in the main event? A lot of questions are going to get answered Wednesday. Yeah. I think that's going to be, one of the big things looking forward to with this week's uh, Dynamite. We then had a masterclass promo, I gotta say. This is one of my favorite promos of the night of from Miro, the TNT champion, giving words to Brian Pillman Jr. Um, and he straight up says, like, you didn't respect your champion, so you're going to find out why I am God's favorite champion, which was a great line in itself. But I still love the closing line he did where he talked about how, you know what? The bravest thing you did was think about attacking me. The stupidest thing you did was actually doing it. That right there is such a good line. And I'm just like, like, they, here he is, guys. Here's Dominic Miro. Here's badass Miro. Here's badass Rusev. You got him. Now yeah. fucking drink it in because it is so... Good. I'm so happy that Miro's in this position. He's doing so well with this TNT title, making that title so like people want to see what that what happens with that title because Miro has it. They want to see who gets a shot at it. They want to see who possibly takes it off him. Like he's doing great work with that secondary title, and I'm sure he could do just as good with the main title down the down the road. Like this is what we were. We, we were going to get, and we were saying, we're going to get Dominant Miro. Give it time. He fell into their lap pretty much because, like, they didn't think he was going to be released and just show up on their, on, his do on their doorstep. And now he has, and it's been nothing but reaping rewards for AEW. And it's just been so good to see Miro just in his element. Like, he's, he's soaking every second he's got and just relishing in this uh -oh. newfound... Like attitude and position that he's in. So I got to take a shot. How do you fuck up Miro? Really, bro? I, I. This will be my one and only dig towards the other company, and you can call it a dig. But I mean, I have a little bit more of a gripe because I was at the show. I was at Mania Thirty. They were chaining Rusev Day from the second I entered the Superdome, from the second I exited the Superdome after he had already lost. They were still chanting his name. Like, how do you fuck that up? Regardless, yes, you, like that's the thing. You don't fuck up Miro. You just can't. But they yeah, did. Yeah. But you know what? Yeah. Better or not, it, I, it, better like, or worse, we got him here, and I'm happy. Like, like even when he lost to John Cena at 31, or was it 31 where he lost? Yeah, even when he lost, he came out in the tank yes, and lost. Yes, him. He did, yes. I'm fine. Good lord, still have him dominate people. Then eventually beat John Cena back because you know losing John Cena losing didn't hurt John Cena at all. So it's just like. You didn't have to just say, okay, we built him up to this one match. Now he's done. It's 
just like, dude, look at what look at what he is. It's just what is he? A badass? Does he have? I mean, is he doing this uh, groundbreaking character? No, he's a big tough guy that can beat people up, and he's very confident in his abilities. That's it, Sybil. You're like, you, you don't think so hard with some people. You don't have to think that hard with some people. This is one of those guys. Don't think. Just put him in front of people and let him crush. And maybe think the last thing that you need to do for your U.S. title match at Mania is give it to Jinder over somebody who, like I said, chanted for. The second I got in the building, the second I left the building, people were still chanting for him. Like, there was your WrestleMania moment right there. Regardless... I'm happy he's here, and I will be relishing every second he is here because he's just so fucking good. Now, we had singles match action between uh, tag team wrestlers in Bear Country's Bear Bronson versus All Ego Ethan Page of the Men of the Year. Uh, So this was the first time in a little bit that we got to see Bear Country on Dynamite. And now, going into this match, of course, with... Men of the Year being the team that's been running with and being pushed consistently so far, we knew how the outcome of this match was going to be. Like it's 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 been their show that they've been doing, and they they've been Men of the Year have been been pushed more so than uh, Bear Country because they just haven't been on the show long enough. Um, I will say though, I think Bear Bear Bronson performed very well, very well, and had some spots. Where I could say I think some people might have gotten conf- conflicted for a second that maybe, but but only for a small moment, of course. But this was still a really strong match. Bronson is very agile for his size, and I think for big guys like that, finding bigger guys that are that agile and can do spots like that, I think is incredibly good. Uh, shout out also to Scorpio Sky for like taking that spot like pushing ego out of the out of the way taking that suicide dive from bear bronson just like fucking shoved straight in the chest into the back of the barricade like that was a really great spot in that match but regardless uh because of distraction uh ego ethan page was able to nail a low blow on bronson and with that strength too shout out to the strength of ethan page too with that ego's edge and just fucking Landing that on Bronson, that takes a lot of strength to do that as well. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it was it was it was a very good match, honestly. Even though it was very predictable, it was a very good match. Athletic big man made Ethan Page look so much stronger and so much better. And it's like you know they're setting up something in the future with the promo after, and it was just like it literally added to his intimidation factor for what he cut after. I'm going to let you talk about what he said after the match. Yeah. After the match is over, uh, ego, Ethan page got a mic in his hand talking about like Darby. I'm not stupid. Even though the crowd was very much disagreeing with that enchanting that he was. And his, his response was just, no, I'm not, which I thought was funny. He said, I know you're not done with me. And honestly, for me, like pinning you is not enough. I'm saying, and I have been saying, Week after week, I'm going to be the nail in your coffin. He says it again, and then he says it a third time. So, you know what? I'll just put you in one. July 7th, in Miami, Road Rager. He challenges Darby Allen to a coffin match. Um, which, I mean, like, if you want to, like, if you're a wrestling fan and you've been around for a while, it's a casket match. But it's a coffin match because coffin drop. 
brand recognition, name recognition, like fucking intertwine all that shit together. Doesn't matter. Coffin, whether whether you call it a coffin match, whether you call it a casket match, I'm interested in this. Uh, casket matches, I think, can be relatively hit or miss. I think, but between these two kind of guys, like we don't normally get to see casket matches with guys the size of like Ethan Page and Darby Allen. Like, because normally our casket matches that we're used to seeing are with guys like Undertaker, and of course, I know Miro was in one with Taker, and like we see a lot of bigger guys like Kane and stuff like that being these type of casket matches. So I think it's going to be a different kind of element with guys of a smaller stature to be in a match like this. And I think we're going to get a lot more uh, uh, like intriguing spots in this match than you would with an old school casket match, though. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested to see how this is. Um, and I think, I mean, it fits character-wise. I mean, fucking Darby put, is walking out with body bags before, so like now we have a full-on coffin. And... I, I like the little like seed he put in there, be, saying that line and then like tying it together by making this challenge. Though I thought I thought that was a nice little through line. If I had th- the, enough time and ability, I would be in to uh, I would be in uh, Miami on July seventh. The reason being is this match. I mean, Cody has a great match that night. Don't care. It's about this match. Uh, Ethan Page and Darby Allen. If anybody had watched uh, any anybody had watched any of like the Vice series wrestling, they did one about like the future of wrestling, and they were uh, talking about uh, Evolve. I think that was on Vice. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but they were uh, talking about uh, Evolve wrestling, and they had a match between Ethan Page and Darby Allen, where basically he put them in a he put him in a body bag and like threw him out the ring or some shit. Don't go back and watch it because I want you to save your eyes for AEW. But understand, this will probably be one of the more violent matches you've ever seen in your life. These oh, yeah. two have kind of a trust in each other that I, I don't do. even have with people that I'm related to. <laughs> that they would let each other do shit to each other that would... Honestly, if not in the confines of professional wrestling, would be assault and battery. So I'm looking forward to this Ethan Page and Darby Allen match because now you're taking these two super violent individuals and giving them a coffin to go with. And we don't even know the rules of an AEW coffin match. They have done a great job of tweaking their rules just a little bit just to make it distinctly AEW. Personally, maybe they don't do it on this one. Just close the coffin and the match is over. But man, I'm looking forward to this. I am like super hyped. If you ask me like the next thing, it's July 7th. Again, there's a Cody match on that card. And this is the match I'm looking forward to. There you go. So that's that there's your selling point right there. <laughs> We then had a small little back and forth uh, promos backstage between uh, Dr. Britt Baker and Rebel and another one with Vicky Guerrero and Nyla Rose, basically just teasing to what we were going to what we're going to get this Wednesday between the two. Um, I'm still um, cautious with um, like how this match will go, considering that Vicky is wrestling. I mean, we, we've seen her wrestle before, but not like in an actual full match like this in a while. Um, I'm hoping everything goes well. Um, I think this still could be good. And like, do while you, this is just, while you, this isn't the best first feud, I think uh, off of Britt Baker's 
hot title win. I think it's 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 decent enough. I think. It, you know, I will say this: they hadn't really got anyone hot enough as a face to fight yeah. Brit, except Thunder. And I think and they're saving. After, yeah. I think they're saving Thunder Rosa for All Out. Personally. I think they're saving that for all out. So you had to try to kind of build up a rivalry really quick, and that's Nyla. And, you know, you got the Vicky outside the ring, so maybe it'll, you know, uh, counteract Britt Baker's cheating. I am not 100% sure Vicky's going to be in this match, though. I think sure, yeah. I think it's going to be a swerve. I think she's going to have a last-minute replacement for herself. Yeah, but... That nothing really needed, needed to focus on these promos too long. We then had uh, the penultimate match for this show. Chris Statlander facing off against Allie the Bunny. This was a pretty strong match too. Allie's done really good performances uh, as of lately when, when she's appeared on Dynamite. Chris Statlander, since she's come back from injury, has been great. Although she's been doing mainly a f- just like uh, behind the scenes. Like not behind the scenes, but like just backing up Orange Cassidy and Best Friends for, for the most part. We haven't seen a ton of matches on Dynamite with her, though I think we'll continue to see that more as she's been undefeated for this year. Um, now I did like the little interaction between um, uh, the Blade, who was on ringside, and Orange Cassidy, where the knuckle duster was handed to the bunny from the Blade, and then Orange Cassidy slowly gets in the ring, takes it from her, and shoves it in his pocket, and then proceeds to get out of the ring. Chris Statlander comes out, hits the Bing Bang Theory after the distraction, and gets the win. Um, but immediately after that, though, the Blade attacks Orange Cassidy, inadvertently knocking him into Chris. TH2 then of the Hardy family comes down and starts beating up on Orange Cassidy, and that's when the Blade was able to get that bra- those brass knuckles that were stolen, um, like just like taken out of the hands of Allie, and Orange Cassidy ended up uh, eating... Uh, knuckle duster to the face from the blade and just he saved Chris but he got his ass kicked for it so uh, I thought this was alright I thought this was a nice little like pray, like small little break before we got into the crazy main event that we had but it, I think it did what it needed to do and I think Chris is still going to do great I think uh, in terms of baby face um, uh, talent for, for Brit as we were talking about I think with more matches under her belt and a strong feud for Chris. I think she could be one of those strong faces that goes after Brit's title reign. Yes. And I think that's kind of what they're doing. Uh, you, you're seeing more women getting, uh, bigger wins moving forward. You get Chris Statlander up cause that's what the Brit Baker is going to need. I don't think she should lose the title for a while personally, No, but I think you need a good level of, challengers for her and so you know getting chris statlander a win i think penelope ford's gotten a win you still got ty conti there who's always around that top five area that you can get wins to you're gonna build different fuse for brick baker going forward so yeah i'm looking forward to it uh if vicky wrestles that would be interesting to see but you know Nyla's gonna carry the load if Vicky doesn't have a like a surprise last minute replacement. Yeah, but now we can f- wrap up this AEW Dynamite review by talking about the main event of the show, the AEW World Championship match between Kenny Omega, the belt collector himself, with the Good Brothers and Don Callis flanking him, versus Jungle Boy, 
with Jurassic Express flanking him, my God, like the energy for this match was great. Uh, the, the response that Jungle Boy was getting was incredible. Like if there was anybody that fans would love to see take the title off of Kenny, Jungle Boy would be up there. Um, the match started off very interesting. The interesting though, with Marco Stunt quickly like trying to go after the Good Brothers because like they were just talking shit. Um, he got himself and uh, Luchasaurus ejected, but that's okay because the Good Brothers got ejected immediately afterwards as well. So basically, trying to limit any outside interference from this match happening, and also because Marco is fucking scrappy dude and he'll try to swing at anybody that he he gets pissed off at um and of course don Callis then just sneakily went away to commentary like he always does but this match was so fucking good like jungle boy came out put on a performance of his life kenny omega is still like the pinnacle of pro wrestling that we have right now there are so many great spots jungle boy like dude like the multiple times he got uh, Kenny in the snare trap, like they, like fans were like, "Fucking make this motherfucker tap," even though like they probably knew that it wasn't going to. The point where the Good Brothers tried to come out and interfere in the match, even after being kicked kicked out of from ringside, and then Jurassic Express and the Elite Killer Frankie Kazarian coming to stop that shit was great. So continued like like, oh, this would be a great moment if that happened. It wasn't to be the case. Kenny Omega would then do tiger driver and then immediately follow it up with the one-winged angel and that would be enough to pin jungle boy so relatively clean uh other than of course that the outside appearance tried to happen can he beat jungle boy clean in this uh in this title match but my god was it a good match and after the match was over uh, Kenny Omega was going to continue to attack Jungle Boy with the AEW title, but then Christian Cage comes down to stop that. Uh, that would then lead into Matt Hardy and Private Party coming down to attack Christian Cage as Hardy would continue to beat up on Christian with their feud that's been going on for a while, hit him with another twist of fate, and then the Young Bucks also came to stop Ke uh, Christian from hitting a kill switch on Matt Hardy super kicking him in the face because like you know what he was in the position for it so he's getting a super kick in the face so once again the elite stands tall after a very strong uh, main event for the AEW world title and the Hardy family as well after knocking down Christian Cage once again um this like I love this main event Jungle Boy did so good and like I know he'll be in this position again and at this point, just Kenny's been just too on fire to like put out the flame just yet. But this was a really great main event, um, and yeah, I, I love this match. I completely agree with you. I I mean, as much as it was worked in the new style, it reminded me of very much an '80s match. Like I said, well, the comparison I came up with was like Brian Pillman, Ric Flair. Brian Pillman was really, really good, but Ric Flair was better. And in this night, they didn't even use cheating. Kenny Omega was just really just better than uh, uh, Jungle Boy. He's just not there yet. You know, Kenny Jungle Boy is great, but Kenny Omega is a god to steal a line from uh, uh, steal a line from Don Callis. It's just that's how it was in this match. Jungle Boy had some good spots, had some good stuff. He was ready for some things, but in the end, you know, guess what? You don't. What move you don't kick out of the one wing angel? Just don't. You know, it's the most protected finisher in professional wrestling. 
like the most, and it's not even close. I mean, he puts it on, you're generally getting a three out of it. So I'm uh, very excited. I, I even said I can't wait for the day, and it has to happen. When Hangman and Kenny fight, Hangman has to kick out of the one-way game. Even if he doesn't win the match, he has to kick out of at least one wing one wing angel. To see that look and reaction on Don Callis and Kenny Omega's face would be amazing. I am so looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, so yeah, this match was a great. Shout out to Jungle Boy. Uh, you, the future of the business, of course. Yeah, you'll hear more about that in just a second when we talk about what happened after the show. But good Lord, that kid is over. And the music just helps it. Uh, I mean, it's just like, yeah. I mean, like for me, for me personally, he's too small. I, 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 I can say that. I am a sizest when it comes to wrestling. Uh, I would love to him to put on like 25 to 30 more pounds. That would be like uh, the ultimate goal and dream is for him to put on a little weight. But... You know, look at Floyd. He, he sounded like an old fan. He sounded yeah. like an old head. Hey, He's see, I, I can say that because I'm 40. I am old now, so <laughs> I can be an old head, and I don't have to feel bad about it. You know, I'm like, no, like <laughs> I hide that? No, <laughs> no, I am an old head, and then, like I said, I'm a size. I like big people. Who's my favorite wrestler in the WWE? Drew McIntyre. <laughs> you don't get too much bigger than Drew McIntyre. Who's my favorite wrestler uh, in uh, AEW? Cody Rhodes. You know, that dude's a 200-plus pound guy. You know, it's like, you're like actually, back in old school wrestling, Cody would be kind of small. So, no, uh, I, I, I give all credit where credit deserves. I love Jungle Boy and despite his size. He he even said he could get over and not be the biggest guy and I didn't think it was possible. But he was right, I was wrong. Not something I, think, I say a lot on my podcast. I think I think AEW just specifically, I think since we're talking about that like before we get into the preview for next week's show uh for this week, well, uh, this upcoming week on Wednesdays, um I think AEW's just shown you the ability to make smaller guys believable top stars because like it's done it with with you it you've come around on jungle boy and, and Dar- also, darby allen come around on darby allen yes. too and those are two relatives especially darby small guys but they're fucking over as hell and a guy like floyd who's been around watching wrestling for multi plus years and back in the old and old school days when like size was really a key factor in wrestling like he's buying into these guys like strongly now and i think that's I, I think that's a key thing to look at when it comes to AEW and how they're presenting these guys where it's like they don't focus in on the size but it's still a factor but they make it still very much believable at how good these guys are and they're just all crazy talented wrestlers the darby allen has he has an aura about him you know darby allen has i get that you know, Sting, you know, Undertaker, Jeff Hardy, just that aura about him that if you like when you watch him wrestle, you kind of just get it and you don't think about how big he is. And Jungle Boy was like, he's so athletic and he's so good and his facial expressions and everything that brings into a match. Just you forget that he's not that big. And, and I can say this. My favorite wrestlers of all time aren't huge. 
You know, I'm an Arn Anderson guy. Me and Arn Anderson, pretty much eye to eye. He might be six. He might have been six one when he was younger. Maybe six. You know, six one when he was younger. But me and under me and Arn Anderson are eye to eye. My other favorite wrestler. I know people don't like to hear this name, but growing up before anything happened, it was Chris Benoit. That dude's five seven and a half. So it's not really being short. It's just if I don't feel like there's any substance to you. And that's the thing with Jungle Boy and uh, Darby Allen. Consistent performances for me. Every time I would turn on the TV, they're putting on banger after banger after banger, and they're entertaining. Then it, the other thing just doesn't matter, you know. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's there's going to be exceptions to this rule, aka sure. Marco Stunt. All due respect, that dude's got the heart the size of you know somebody like a foot taller, two foot taller than him. But yeah, I, I mean the visual. I just can't get past it. You're just sure, you know, sure, sure. You're just too small. But but for the most part, I have that kind of thinking is getting pushed further and further back into my mind. But don't believe me. I do love some big meaty man slapping meat. That Ethan Page and Bear Bear match. I was like, yeah, let's go. Yeah, and then I and then I got something Bronson from did well. Yeah, Hangman and Will Hobbs. They were just knocking the crap was, out of each other. Hell yeah. Nothing like a big two big men beating each other up, but I have learned to respect and quite enjoy and admire smaller wrestlers. Yeah, maybe we'll get maybe down the road you you'll you'll fully buy into Marco Stunt too. I, honestly honestly in three or four years I probably won't ever bring up size again, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying just Yo, because just because be like, you know what? I've ate my words at this point, like who fucking cares? You can do two <laughs> yeah, I'm just like honestly with the way AEW books and everything, it's about talent. It's not about really height, is. weight, it's about talent. And there you go. Mm-hmm. Now, getting into our preview for this upcoming Dynamite where AEW returns Dynamite to Wednesday nights on June 30th. Uh, we have... We had to cover one more thing. I threw on the notes. What happened oh, yeah. after the show? Yes, of course. The tweet that was going around for a while. Um, a boy, Jungle Boy, dropped a splash of a tweet. Just kind of like fucking, like, the, you know, the... No, I'm talking about the... With the fucking uh, grain of salt down his fucking... fucking uh, hold his, on. His elbow. I'm talking about Eddie Kingston. Oh! Yeah, like I, I put to talk I about. I didn't see that in the notes. I thought we were going to talk about the tweet first, but no. Yes, after the show, Eddie was going off. Yes, uh, Eddie Kingston does what Eddie Kingston does. Are you fucking tell him no? I won't. And he burned bridges and called out people, and he's like, basically, they respect legends in AEW. They, you know, put on the most talented people in AEW. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to summarize, but it was so beautifully said by him. I didn't want to just like take it and clip it into the show, but it's like definitely seek this out if you can. It was just a man. Very passionate about his team. That's how I took it. Now, was there shots towards WWE? Yes. But if you if you took that as the only thing that you heard, to me, you missed the message of the speech, the rallying cry that he loves his team and his team is the best team in the world. And his heart and soul is in AEW. 
That was the message. Now, you can, like I said, if you've heard one-second clips of him taking shots at WWE, and like, everybody takes shots at WWE, rabble, 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 rabble. I mean, I get it. But if you actually take time to listen to it at the beginning and the end, I think you'll get a very different message than anti-WWE rhetoric. We've seen Eddie in the past um, beautifully when it was showcased for, on Being the Elite uh, for the Brody Lee tribute show of how like he just had a rallying speech in front of the locker room after the Brody Lee show. Um, and you see like the, the passion, the heart that he has like being on this show and being a part of this company. Like I, I think he, I, I'm, I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he said on record, like AEW is going to be the place where I retire. Like, I'm pretty sure that's what he said before. I could be wrong, but I think I may, I'm pretty sure I've heard him say that on record. This guy, like, has shown before, like, it's not out of the ordinary to see him, like, fly his team's banner and fucking wave it and not care what anybody's saying. Um, and, yes, it, it included shots at WWE. And, like, other other wrestlers have taken shots the other way. And people have always been like, well, call a spade a spade. Like, if this person called a, called out the other company, like, how is that not dope? And this one is dope. Like, regardless, this and the people arguing over the CM Punk pipe bomb anniversary uh, was the reason why I stayed off of wrestling Twitter for the week. I just didn't want to fucking deal with it. But regardless, like, it's not out of the ordinary for Eddie to do that. And, like, dude, the dude has crazy amounts of passion for the place that he works for and is one of the best talkers in wrestling. And he's just really good. And, like, he can get a crowd hyped. He can get you feeling so many different types of ways. Um, and he just showed it there. And, like, he tweeted you mad, like, after people were going off on it on Twitter. So, I mean, like bro he doesn't fucking care like if yeah. you think you're gonna get if you think you're gonna get under the skin of eddie kingston you are joking with yourself let me tell you uh let me tell you they did the AEW kind of uh took a shot at my defense my defense was hey this wasn't on tv this wasn't on dark this was just something addressing the crowd someone from the crowd recorded it and then they put it up which is what happened then i turned it on dark elevation and guess how the show opens Whoops! <laughs> With Eddie Kingston cutting his promo, AEW ain't running from it. They're like, "Hey, <laughs> if, we've seen, if we've seen any of Tony Khan's promos, we know this like this company is not like like shying away from doing shit like that. Like, yeah. Even though they say they're an alternative, they don't shy away from throwing the shots because they know it gets a reaction. No, and I truly believe. I mean, with with New Japan, I I am giving them kind of like. Uh, a pass because of COVID, I and mean, you know, a lot of their company is based on bringing in the foreign talent to wrestle, and they just can't right now, right? So right now, the best pro wrestling company in the world is AEW, right? Now, WWE does sports entertainment, and everybody's like, "Well, it's the same thing." Not really. Not really. No. In, in presentation, in in AEW. The most important thing in AEW is being a champion and winning, right? In WWE, it's more of the entertainment. You know, they have their laugh segments. They have this. No, they're two different products is what I'm trying to say. I'm not saying WWE is worse, but when you talk about a pure pro wrestling product, you look at AEW. 
and then WWE does their thing. And like I said, in the pure pro wrestling, I think it's like AEW, New Japan, even Impact in that level is pro wrestling. But, you know, WWE has their own lane, which is sports entertainment, which I have no problem with. It, it is what it is. I watch them both. I watch them both with different expectations, you know, different, uh, you know, you know, different things that entertain me about both products. So when, like I said, when Eddie came off of this, it wasn't, he took a shot at WWE. I'm not saying he wasn't, but that was not the main point of this. That's what everybody's taken from it. The main point is I love my team. I love our fans. I want our fans here being loud. And when we come back Wednesday, be loud for us because we're just as excited to perform for you as you are to cheer for us. Yep. And there you go. Um, now we'll do the, the dynamite preview and then we'll continue on with the news that I was talking about with jungle boy that I thought we were leading into, but we were leading into something different. We have for next week's dynamite for Wednesday, the 30th of June, we have Sammy Guevara versus MJF, the big match between inner circle and pinnacle members that have been going teasing on. And these guys have been going back and forth on Twitter. This match is going to be super dope. We're getting a tag team eliminator match between Penta El Zero Mero versus Eddie Kingston. They had a small little promo that was included in the show in response to the Young Bucks and the and they're they're facing off against the Young Bucks. Of course, we get the Rebel and Brit va- Brit match versus Nyla and Vicky Guerrero. Brian Pillman Jr. versus Miro. Um, have they confirmed that's for the TNT title or is that just a singles it, match? No, it's for the TNT title. It is for the TNT title. I just wanted to confirm that. Um, and also, we got the announcement that the show is going to have Le Champion, Chris Jericho, on commentary. We haven't had him on commentary for a little bit, and it's going to be babyface Chris Jericho as well on commentary. So I'm intrigued to have Jericho back on commentary. He's always a lovely listen. Though I will say, if Don Callis at one point gets on commentary and we have a five-person booth on commentary, I might scream because that's too many people. Like, it's just too many. It reminds me of old older WrestleManias when, like, every single commentator from every single show, including ECW, would get a voice on commentary. And it's, it's fucking too many voices, way too many heads in to try to get your shit in. It's just, you can't, I can't deal with that. So keep it at the four. I can, I can, I can at least handle four. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely do that. Uh, yeah, they do. They do go a little crazy with the commentators at times. So it's a lot. It's a lot, especially like if Taz gets on commentary too. Like I'm imagining like horror stories of six commentators, and I just can't deal with that. That is way too many fucking cooks in the kitchen. It's I can't deal with that. Yeah, it, let me say the Sammy G versus MJF. I'm over. I mean, that's the most. Sorry, I had to mute. I snell and sneezed. Uh, oh, no Sa- worries. Bless you. Sammy G versus MJF is the exciting match. I just think it's kind of been building for like when they were in an inner circle and MJF was Cody. They didn't like each other. There was at no point where these two have liked each other. There, this is probably the first like serious long term booking singles match. Like Sammy G and MJF have kind of been going at each other for like a yeah. year. You know, this is super long-term booking. They have been in a stadium stampede. They have been in the blood and guts. You know, the one thing, like, if you look at this whole thing, 
not a lot of the people between inner circle and uh, inner circle and the pinnacle have just had singles matches. So this is kind of like the first singles match, just regular wrestling match. You know, I thought it was going to be Sammy versus Sean. I thought that was going to be the first one, but the fact that they're kicking off with Sammy G versus MJF, I know Wardlow and Jake kind of count, but it wasn't really a singles match. It was, you know, the cage fight type thing. So I'm really looking forward to this one. Yeah. So overall, this, the show looks like it'll be relatively strong, but that's our preview for this upcoming dynamite on Wednesdays, returning back to Wednesdays. Um, but now we'll get into the small little uh, news and notes that we can get into for the closing part of the show. Like I said, uh, what I thought we were leading into earlier was the bombshell of a tweet that Jungle Boy dropped after Dynamite was off the air. I think he dropped it the, like either – no, I think he actually dropped it uh, He dropped it today or yesterday. Um, yeah, he, he dropped the bombshell. Him and Anna Jay are dating. Like, first, before I say anything else, because we kind of discussed this before the show, I, I did, and I didn't say this. I am happy for them. I am one of those people. I'm weirdo. Love rom-coms. Love everything that has to do with love. Big Valentine's Day guy. All about my anniversaries. I love the shit out of love. So, I am happy they have found love. Ecstatic they have found love. And I personally hope... That it has no negative effect on either one of their relationships. I mean, e- either one of their careers. But, me being a wrestling fan. 35 plus year wrestling fan. On the internet with wrestling fans since, you know, the 2000s. Yeah, this is probably going to affect their wrestling life. Yeah, it's like, we, we talked about this before the, before the <laughs> show. And uh, had a little bit of... Uh, disagreeing opinions i guess you could say and Um, and it it, was and it's perfectly fine because i think yours is more idealized and i want yours yeah (laughs) mine is a little bit more like wishful thinking i think because i think i i like because of course i've i've witnessed wrestling couples before in my time of being a wrestling fan um and i think like the one we were mainly comparing this to i guess just in terms of reaction because Floyd brought up of how the of the response to Seth and Becky and is comparing it to this. Um, I was of the mindset of like, I don't see this hurting either of them. Like, sure, you didn't necessarily need to announce it because, like, honestly, it's like there's been a fascination of of celebrity and wrestler. Like, it doesn't matter what field it is. Like, celebrity personal life is an interest to a lot of people. It is not an interest to me. Like, I am a fan of many celebrities, musicians like youtubers doesn't fucking matter like i i like a lot of people that do stuff in entertainment or wrestling or sport and um whenever like something of their personal life is announced i'm intrigued and i'm like oh that's cool but i never dig deeper into it because i truly could not care less because i don't know these people ed sheeran is one of my favorite artists of all time he announced he was having a baby on instagram i was like that's awesome and i didn't pay attention to anything else of it less because honestly, I just know him as a guy who makes really good music and is really cool to see live. I'm the same thing with Jungle Boy and Anna J. I did not know they were dating. I did not need to know they were dating. It's cool that they are dating, and I think that's awesome. And I hope their relationship is happy, healthy, and all that kind of stuff. But I don't see that affecting their careers. However, for a lot of other people, wrestling fans and other celebrity fans and stuff like that, 
that's not the case, and it does affect it sometimes. And Floyd was talking about that, and I'm sure he can go into that a little bit. Okay, so I hope you're right. But I want to make that very clear. I hope you're right. I hope the wrestling fandom proves me wrong. And they were like, Floyd, you were worried about nothing. But personally, no. No, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I've seen it too many times. Deanna Perrazzo, very talented wrestler. Very, very talented wrestler. <laughs> being called Marty's girlfriend. And people doing the uh, his music while she was wrestling. And it's like she has to come out on Twitter and said, you know what? I was wrestling long before I started dating this person. Blah, blah, blah. I saw that with her. That was an older example. Seth and Becky, I personally believe people can call me wrong. Feel free to tweet me at Floyd Johnson Jr. Because I stand behind words that I say. I personally believe that pretty much Becky Lynch buried Seth Rollins. Now, did Seth Rollins do some stuff after that to help bury himself? Yes. He probably could have recovered. But... I just think, you know, people kind of generally hated him and they gave him more reason to hate him. So, uh, I don't know. I hope nothing that comes of it. I hope people, Anna Jay's so young in her career, I just didn't want her name, in this case, tied to Jungle Boy, where people, when she was out there wrestling, people think, oh, that's Jungle Boy's girlfriend wrestling, instead of, oh, that's the very talented Anna Jay, 99 of the Dark Order. I just don't want that confused. I personally know I won't do it because I literally like I know who's dating people. I pay attention. So I, I'm a little bit more than you, but I don't care. You know what I mean? When yeah. I'm watching the TV show, they uh, they are. He is not Jack Perry. He is Jungle Boy. You know what I mean? She is not whatever her real name is. She is 99 and a day of the Dark Order. I can separate the two realities, but a lot of people can, unfortunately. Yeah, and I, I looked at it, like I said, like I'm much more like I think the better of a lot of people most of the times. That's That may be a flaw of my character, um, but I always try to think um, more on the positive side of the people. I mean, that's our show, obviously, uh, being more like leaning into the positives. Um, so I see this like as no effect on their careers whatsoever. And I also disagree with Floyd about the idea that like Seth's career was her. Yeah, and I think at least on my end, because I I tend to see or like try to look at a more positive side. I mean, our show is literally the proclivity for positivity. I try to see more of the good in people than the bad as best as I can. Um, so that's why I like I said I see no effect with this announcement from Jungle Boy affecting Anna or jungle boy and i i disagree with floyd on saying that becky's announcement of the of the posting of them dating or being together affected seth rollins's career i disagree with that i i more lean that in towards just people turning on him for waving his flag on on twitter which necessarily i don't fully like agree or disagree with um but that's just the way I saw things going, I didn't see Becky having any effect to that. The only thing you could really say was like maybe when they were calling him the man's man, man, and then their little interactions on uh, Raw or when they teamed together, maybe it got a little overbearing for some people. I don't see that as ruining his momentum, though, because he's still frequently used consistently, um, though maybe not at the top of the card. I still think he's f pushed, like I said, consistently in one of their 
reliable guys that they go towards. But regardless, um, I'm still very happy for Jungle Boy and Anna, and I'm glad to see that they're happy. Um, and um, yeah, Jungle Boy, um, I'm sure like I, everyone was being like, "Bro, you nab, you nab that shit!" Like, holy shit, people were like, like you could see like a little bit of the shit like jealousy in some people where they're just like yeah man you're cool you deserve it but also fuck me i wish that was me hey i'm one of those people i i have a uh, realistic view on this thing there's really attractive people date really attractive people that's just absolutely this is what they do like when they announced it i was like oh cool and literally wouldn't have thought about it again but my page <laughs> was completely littered with everybody feeling like they needed to give their thoughts on them in a relationship. Again, it's like, just that yeah, like, some people are just so focused on like they when they care so much more about personal life than they really should about these wrestlers or celebrities. Um, twenty three thousand likes. <laughs> you know, it's like it hasn't even been twenty four hours. That's fucking impressive. Uh, but no, uh, shout out to them. Congratulations to both of them. Like I said, if if I'm wrong and it doesn't affect either one of their careers, I will be ecstatic to be wrong because I know uh, wrestling is this so this weird place between sports and theater, and I just look at wrestling like TV. That's how I've always looked at it. It's just a TV show. It's just you know they decide their problems and disagreements in the ring. That's what they do. That's what that's all it is. When I can very much see. Sting and uh, Ethan Page having brunch together and enjoying each other's company and then beating the shit out of each other eight hours later and it doesn't affect me whatsoever because it's a TV show. They're playing characters. But a lot of people because sometimes they use their real names and you know they look like they do people have a hard time separating the two. I'm hoping we I'm hoping we're towards your line of thinking further evolved than I ever wanted to be because I am a very much an optimistic person. So I started this conversation hoping you were right. I'm going to end the conversation hoping you're right because these people are real people (laughs) with real emotions and they just happen to do a job. And because they do that job, we, you know, we as fans shouldn't have a say in their personal life whatsoever. And they should be able to celebrate their love on social media just like normal fucking people do. And it not affect their career. But realistically, it has shown to affect people's careers. So I'm hoping it doesn't, though. Yes. And then the only other real kind of extra notes we have is, I mean, we have in the notes about the Ethan Page versus Darby Allen coffin match that was announced. We've talked about that already a little bit. That'll be later down the line. But we also have to talk about since it 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 happened again with uh, another wave of releases from the other company from WWE. Um, we will mention these names. And obviously, of course, like we said, like before, it's happened way too many times for my liking. But uh, if you are a fan of any of these wrestlers at any point of their time, like check, uh, I'm sure Pro Wrestling Tees, most of these guys and girls will have stuff on on Pro Wrestling Tees, a way to support them. Be sure to follow them on social so you keep up with them. If you are a fan of them, like be sure to support them. Like Obviously, we don't like seeing people out of a job, but WWE went through another release uh, wave of releasing superstars. I have the list with me right now. They released 
uh, Breezango, Fandango, and Tyler Breeze, Everrise, which includes Chase Parker and Matt Martell, Aria Davari, Tony Nice, August Gray, uh, the Bollywood Boys, also known as the Singh Brothers, Sunil Singh and Samir Singh, uh, uh, Mar- Marina Shafir, Kurt Stallion, Arturo Ruas, Killian Dane, and Tino Sabatelli was the most recent one. Um, so a lot of the 205 live roster was uh, cut from the looks of it, if not all of it. Um, so that was uh, the case. And I think we'll just go to Floyd, too, because, I mean, we t- we tend to try to spin this into a positive of, like, who we could imagine see uh, show up in AEW. Um, but, again, like, if you want to support any of these guys, keep an eye on their socials. And if they show up on Pro Wrestling Tees, like, support them that way. Um, just show 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 your favorites uh, their support, of course, because you never know when something like this could happen, and it always sucks when it does. Uh, yeah, shout out to them. Um, let me just tell you, my positive spin on it is the indie scenes, the indie scenes, and the smaller wrestler companies are about to be fucking talented. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's not one of these people I wouldn't sign. Ever rise? I think need. I was like. They need some more work on their look and their seasoning, but they completely got the charisma to be carried. I mean, to be a great tag team in wrestling. So someone, you know, is going to take a shot on them. Maybe they go on MLW, Impact. They get more wrestling. Impact, again, if they want to rebuild their tag division, they're all released. ROH, I forget their names, but good Lord, look at all the talent that's about to be available. AEW can't or doesn't want to sign all of it. You know what I mean? And some of these people do need more work. And the best way to get more work is in smaller companies where you'll be featured. So, I mean, I, I mean yeah, like the one thing we complain the most about um, WWE's roster is that it's so deep and so dense, but like, like 10% of it gets used. Like none of us like to see these guys get hired just for them to sit on the sidelines and not be on be not getting to actually wrestle and work. So, I mean, like I said, yeah, the indies are going to be having a lot of great talent. And I think for fans of indie wrestling, you're going to see a lot of really talented guys that came from WWE do crazy good work and you should be out there supporting them. I think, um, yeah. and like, let's not forget Tyler breeze is the only person in WWE who has wrestled Jushin Thunder Liger. And that's never, never going to be taken away from him. And it was a fucking great match. Like, his only appearance in NXT, his only appearance on WWE, and Tyler Breeze was the guy. If That shows right then, like, how, how good of a talent he is. And, of course, need I remind you of the Fashion Files. That shit was great. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's how I look at him. There are some very crazy entertaining, crazy good wrestlers out there. Uh, I th- I just think it's going to lead to WrestleMania 30. Well, what is this going to be? 38 uh, weekend in Dallas. I think that's going to be amazing. I'm thinking you could go to Dallas and not actually go to WrestleMania and see a bunch of killer shows because all of these people are going to be working. And that's needless to say if they release any more people. But right now it's just like, you still have the people that got released in 2020 that didn't get signed, like names like No Way Jose and stuff like that, that uh, could uh, be coming out. And there's been just so, there's just going to be just steady influx of talent. And it's like, they're going to need somewhere to sign. They're going to need, some of these people are going to want to reinvent themselves, you know, and it's going to, we're going to see everything like uh, the Bollywood boys. Oh my God. Uh, 
I don't know how much Impact Wrestling right, but I'm like, man, good lord, they could be in a stable with Raju Singh. Oh my god, on Impact, and I think that would be highly entertaining because they're very good wrestlers and they're very good entertainers. So I am looking forward to where everybody lands. I personally out this group, there's no one I would rush to sign for AEW, and that's not an insult to AEW. I mean, to uh, the wrestlers, it's more of me. Being kind of like Eddie Kingston, I kind of like our team the way it is right now. It's just like, and if you want to bring in one or two special talents, but good Lord, finding TV time for everybody that's on the roster is hard enough right now. So I don't, I, I, there's no one that I'm like, oh my God, they need to be in the company. There's no, no, but they are, but they are, but like the talent that was released though is talented enough to where like any independent should be falling over themselves trying to sign. Oh, 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 oh my God. I, it's like when I looked at it, I was like, someone could really do like, if, if anybody, any Pinity, uh group had the, the resources and, you know, the, the, they could do like a best of the super juniors in America, you know, if they wanted sure. to. Sure. I mean, like if yeah. anyone wants to see like, like, like forgot the cruise, I, highly recommend if you if you've already forgotten it watch the original cruiserweight classic and see how good those 205 live guys really were and and are still so like yeah. guys like aria davari and stuff like that those guys are good like check out their stuff back on that because i mean that's where we saw them first debut and that's where we saw their true talent fully showcase so i mean, I mean these guys are good and should be signed by other companies you want to rebuild your tag team division you got uh breeze dongo uh, former tag team champions. You got the Bollywood boys. We're very talented workers. You got Everett Rise, very talented workers. Three tag teams released in this group. You then got Tony Nice and Arya Davari, who worked as a team quite a bit. Tony Nice apparently is like the personal trainer at MJF. Uh, that's crazy. So he's he's a Long Island boy. He's not going to have a problem finding work. He's you know excellent. Davari's excellent. You know it's just. Yeah, I, I, I just don't think – I just think this is called a depth group. This has just made the independent – like I, I've heard – I listen to Voices of Wrestling. We just like, well, there's no big names on the independent scene. And, you know, last year and it was just this lack of talent because WWE had signed everybody. And now you just got like 20, 25 people just – pushed into the independent scene. And I personally don't want them all, you know, to sign with AEW because it's going to make things like the PWG better. It's going to make, you know, the the Chicago areas and the Florida independence and the Texas independence, and you'll be able to see them all over. And I'm looking for them to all succeed and hopefully, you know, get signed in other places. Absolutely. So, yeah, be, be on the, I sure, like like I said, keep an eye out on these guys on socials. And if their stuff goes on pro, uh, pro wrestling tees and whatnot, and you want to support these guys, if you're ever a fan of these guys, definitely support them. Um, we never like to see wrestlers out of work because these guys are, ta- these guys and girls are talented. So these guys should be supported uh, if you are a fan of them. But off of that, that will wrap up this episode of All Things Elite. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Again, apologies. For us not being on last week, but we should be getting back into the our original schedule that we normally set up now that AEW Dynamite has returned to Wednesday nights. Those damn NBA playoffs. They're too fucking good and always take up AEW time. I'm sorry about that. But uh, 
be sure to continue to support the show by downloading it on Google or Apple Podcasts. You listen to us on Spotify or any other podcasting platform. Share us around with whoever you wish, friends, family, coworkers. It really means the world. If you do that, you can leave a rating and a review. Let us know how we're doing. You can leave a donation through Red Circle. That would be crazy generous of you. On Twitter, we are at ATElitePod, at Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. They are our podcasting network. Check out all of their other shows. Crazy, talented group of guys uh, creating podcasts here at Social Suplex. I myself am at szoomer4 on Twitter. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And I will do my go-ahead to Floyd to take us home for tonight as I step back. Thank you guys so much for listening. Off to you, Floyd. Take us home. Hello. This is the last episode of my birth month, June, the beautiful month of June. And as we get into summer and it gets hot, I know the heat sometimes wears on you. And it makes you angry. Remember, be nice anyway. I I just want everybody looking out for everybody as we're getting to the dog days of summer and wrestling. Just be nice. And uh, treat people on Twitter and social media like the real people. I actually like to imagine that the person is standing next to me that I'm about to tweet at. And that way, I know if I tweet something, you know, mean, you know, get punched in their face. That kind of thing. But that's that's kind of like a, like an old man thing. But they do something. I don't know what young people do when they get angry at people. Uh, but to that, I say, as I always say, and I leave you, whether you're at home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite.